Three rings for the elven kings under the sky. Seven for the dwarf lords and their halls of stone. Nine for mortal men doomed to die. One for the dark lord on his dark throne in the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. One ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. In the land of Mordor where the shadows lie. experiencing together as a group one might say a fellowship however we might not be a fellowship anymore because we are approaching the two towers guys how you doing (laughs) my name is jack and as always i'm accompanied by my wonderful brother and co-host charlie charlie how you doing today i'm doing great jack how are you doing you know what? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I told Charlie I wanted I wanted to do the intro. Uh, he's gonna host the whole episode, but I was like, I I feel like talking a little bit. Um, guys, <laughs> the music is provided by the wonderful uh, Clumsy Titan. You might know him, might not know him. That's okay though. Uh, but he uh, makes some music every now and then, and it's uh it's pretty good if I do say so myself. Anyways, and real quick, Charlie, I'm gonna take care of some housekeeping, guys. We have some stuff coming for our Patreons. Patreon Discord, uh, when you're hearing this episode, is up and running. So if you're on the Patreon and you're subscribed, you can join the Discord. You know, it's a place to meet, chill for movie nights when we have them and we work those out. It's going to be kind of a little collective hive of everybody. And we'd love to have you. So, I mean, even more direct feedback, direct conversations with Charlie and I. If we're we're free, you know, we're not going to be free 24-7, but when we are, you know, just a good place to hang out and chill. Follow us on, you know, Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, wherever. And also, guys, make sure you are actually following us on Spotify because that helps us out a lot. So I appreciate it. Also, my last little thing, unless Charlie wants to add anything after this, is that YouTube videos are coming. We have... Uh, audio only versions of the podcast being uploaded to YouTube. Uh, One's going up today, hopefully, not sure on the time, but one's going up today. And we will have actual videos, not of the podcast, but of other stuff coming soon. So 
more stuff is coming, especially for people on Patreon. So guys, we'll love to have you join the fam. Charlie, take it away. Dragons are coming. Don't worry. Dragons are coming. The dragons are coming. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Dragons are coming. Dragons. Dragons. Jack. Man, I'm excited to talk about yes. the Two Towers. I uh, watched it over this last week. Had a pretty good week. It's been nice. I've had four days off. And uh, let me tell you, it's been Ooh, really nice just like that's relaxing awesome. and catching up on house stuff, rearrange the kitchen. We wanted to do more yard work outside, but like it's just been kind of rainy and wet and stormy. And, you know, we've just yeah. been like during the time that we could be doing it, we'll be like, oh, well, we'll need to go somewhere else. Like we went to Target yesterday and got some new like bed sheets and stuff like that. So. But, you know, yeah, it's supposed to rain today, too. So, uh, you know, I think you know before we dive into the two towers or as before we approach the two towers, <laughs> so, your your intro was uh, cracking me up. I, Jack, I've had a pretty good mm-hmm. week, gotten some feedback back on the book, which is exciting. Uh, Ooh, nice is it was a good feedback or a bad feedback good feedback really good um our aunt becky good, good, good. is uh, one of the people who was able to get our or a copy of my book manelica to and she sent me a text and said that she was really loving the world and she woke up thinking about the world which is awesome because if there's one thing i wow. am pretty confident about with my story is that i think the world that i've made is really good you know what i mean it's yeah. more like plot and the characters and everything else that is and she was like i think we could probably trim about like 50 pages out and i was like oh that's really interesting to hear mainly because when i went back and did this rewrite i felt like i was you know really trying to over explain and really flesh things out so and i'm way more of a less is more person but i understand that when you're diving into a new world sometimes you need more and so i'm really interested to hear and have some of those conversations looking forward so yeah, I mean, like, just no, don't tell it to Tolkien because his books are really long. He liked to explain everything. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of funny. No, it is funny. I mean, I think it's very apt to talk about different worlds and stuff when we're talking about Lord of the Rings because, of course, you know, Tolkien is really without Tolkien. Like, I don't think we would have modern fantasy as we have it now, which is insane. I mean, you know, yeah, I was listening to. It's funny. After, right after we released our Fellowship of the Ring podcast, uh, another podcast I really mm-hmm. enjoy, uh, Knockback, did Fellowship of the Ring as well. And they were talking about, you know, Tolkien didn't invent orcs or elves or goblins, uh, but he is the one who put them all together and created this new mythology. And because of that, I mean, we have Game of Thrones. We have mm-hmm. authors like Brandon Sanderson. We have, you know all of this wild stuff. I mean, it's so it's it's kind of insane to me that somebody was able to create a world like that. That's a little bit of just, you know, top level discussion. Yep, 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 yep. But yeah, I you know, Jack, I've been really enjoying doing these podcasts lately. I've been trying to come into them with a little bit of a different mindset, a little bit more of a laid back um discussion mindset because I really like talking about some of this stuff and so just giving myself actual time to talk about and, you know, taking things in a little bit of a slower manner and not trying to be like, oh, we need to cover it within an hour. We need to 
very quickly do it. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Jack, that's about how my week's been. It's been really good, really relaxing week. I haven't done a whole lot of nice, nice. writing. I like I did a little bit of work on a short story. I mean, still kind of just outlining some other stuff, really taking it a little bit easy on my the writing front, which is hard for me because I still feel like I should be working on something. But, you know, I am. It's just weird not to be mm. like finishing something up especially after like completing a project it feels weird to like be a little bit more in the uh top level thought process for like another thing so but you know that's uh that's that's how it goes jack how is uh how's your week been you know not too bad uh it was real busy for me you know because memorial day weekend everyone drinks a lot of people drink beer a lot of beer so that we got kind of steadily busier as the week went on in the warehouse I was super busy for Laura as well. So it was very nice. I was able to have three days off uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I work later tonight. But it's it's at 7 instead of my 5 shift. So I've been, ha- been able to have a nice relaxing weekend. Spend, spend some time with Laura. Uh, did some cooking. Made some great chicken alfredo. Proud of that one. Cause, I mean, it's, no, it's not hard. But Laura was like, I think this is better than mine. And I was like... <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, yeah, I felt good about that one. Um, Suck it. You know, other <laughs> other than that, you know, kind of relaxing, trying to keep the place clean. I say is I look over at Ellie's toys all over the floor, yeah. but you know, it happens. Uh, playing Warzone still. Jack and I played for a couple hours last night, and it was a lot of fun because we hadn't really like I haven't like been up late and played games like I haven't done that in a while, and so it was kind of fun to do that for once. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a win, but we got like, consistently got like top twelves. Yeah, it was about, it's better than matches. we were doing, man. I mean, we were. We I was getting yeah. my butt kicked when I last played Warzone. So, dude, I'm telling you, it's just the situations we got in were bad. So <laughs> yeah, they were they were bad. So, uh, you know, doing well, um, taking it easy. There's not that much going on. So hmm. that's good. Good listeners, how are you doing? Oh yes, that's glad it. you're doing well. <laughs> that's gonna be that a like, part well i'm I li- doing pretty oh good, good that's gonna be a part i listen back to later and be like why is this desynced and i'm like oh it's a joke that's also hard to tell everyone out there listening no jack henry pointed it out once that some of the episodes have been desynced it is an issue that we know and we're working on i felt like with the berserk one it actually synced up really well like i synced it up in the beginning and was going through it and it felt good but I every once in a while I listen to a part where I'm like that doesn't sound quite right. So it's you know it's an issue we're working on. So of course any and all feedback if you guys have any extra ideas or if it's listenable. I think it's listenable. But you know we want to make sure our podcasts are quality because we're quality guys over here at the Rackator Collection. Exactly. And until we can kind of get some recording in person or get better audio recording software, uh, it's just something we have to keep an eye on. So. We apologize if it's ever like, oh, that's weird. But at the same time, yeah. there are times where Charlie's like, so anyways, Jack, what are you thinking? I'm like, well, and I just like respond like real quickly or I take a long time to respond, you know? So it's, mm. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to tell. It's like, is that in sync or are we just talking weird? <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, we're still relatively new to this, even though we're, we're at, you know, what? This is going to be the 34th episode. That we've done, which is wild to think about. 
It's so, kind of crazy. Yeah. We're getting close everyone, to year of podcasting. <clears throat> year of podcasting. But everyone. It's a good, it's a good book. Oh, that would be a good book. But everyone. <laughs> that's going to be a good book. Just we just like, uh, we edit it and cut you out. Oh yeah, that's going to be a really good year. But everyone. Oh. <laughs> There's a scene in Two Towers that Laura and I were cracking up about that we'll get into later. So I don't know yeah. what you think of that, but no. So as Jack said so elegantly earlier, we're doing the Two Towers, focusing mainly on the film. And Jack, you know, I'll toss it your way right off the bat. But moving from Fellowship to Two Towers. What is your opinion? Like, where do you rank these movies? Does Two Towers rank higher for you? Is it about on the same level? It's hard because, you know, in watching these movies, they don't feel like separate movies. Like, you watch them and it's kind of like, oh, this just, you know. Yeah. It's very unlike a lot of other trilogies to where it's like, man, these movies really could just be one big movie and you wouldn't skip a beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's almost kind of like extended Game of Thrones episodes. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Game of Thrones episodes are like an hour long, and these movies are like two hours long plus. So then you just kind of—it's kind of like watching long episodes of like your favorite TV show, almost. But like obviously much more higher quality than like a T, like a regular TV show. Um, I don't. know, This one starts off. You know, I watched it yesterday. And First I was of all, like, golly. Did you watch the extended edition or did you watch the theatrical cut? It's it said ex, like extended version, but then like mm-hmm. presented in the theatrical aspect. Or so, so I was like, I don't know what version I'm watching. Where did you uh, watch it on? I, we watched it at home, and Laura, I was like, I have the I have a DVD, and I was like, a DVD. Open up the case, wow. <sighs> blow the dust off, mm-hmm. put it in the PS3, and we watched it. So, yeah. uh, I'm not, I, it might not have been the extended edition. I'm not entirely sure, but okay. You know, okay. it's, um, regardless. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. I think, I think two towers is not that it's better than the fellowship of the ring, but I think just what happens in it for me is much more involved and I can be a lot more connected to it rather than just kind of like. The fellowship where they're basically setting everything up you know what i mean right so uh, which you obviously you can't can get connected to that part but there's so many parts i don't know maybe i'm just like in a like way more emotional than i thought or maybe i need a the therapy or something but so many scenes of this movie made me like not cry but tear up and i was like oh that's yeah that's good like that's emotional it's good you know what yeah. i mean and i'm just like golly i don't remember like it having this effect on me when i was younger but there's just a lot of really good scenes in this movie. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, if I had to rank it right now, it's Two Towers, Fellowship of the Ring. Interesting. I think I'd be the same way. And for me, it's, and I was talking about this with uh, Kate while I was watching it, because we, we both love Lord of the Rings. And, you know, we were attacking, we would probably watched the whole series, you know, at least 10 times since we've been living together. So. Um, you know, I think with Two Towers, why I like it so much is I love the split stories that are going on. And that's a major focus of this movie. I mean, you have uh, Frodo, yeah. Sam, and Gollum. 
of course, and then you have, you know, Aragorn, Gimli, Gandalf the White, Legolas, doing all the Rohan stuff. And then you got Merry and Pippin, you know, joking around with the orcs and then the trees and the Ents. I don't know if they're and joking around all of them, the orcs. You know, you have all of those stories playing out simultaneously and connecting, which I think is really engaging just from a storytelling perspective because... yeah. You know, the first one, you just directly follow the whole fellowship, which is good. I mean, the first one has so many good moments. I mean, the Mines of Moria, I mean, Balrog. And this one, of course, Two Towers starts right off the bat with Gandalf falling and completing that scene, which, you know. I forgot how cool the scene is when he's, like, falling, grabs his sword. It's it's one of those scenes that I don't know how well it holds up, but watching it, I'm always like, God, this scene is freaking cool man Dude, like it holds up and that, i will say that amazing quick, wide bat, shot oh yeah no go ahead just right off the bat the only thing in this movie that i see kind of aging the most is just the way Gollum looks is Which, i can yeah, tell he, yeah in this one he's a i am like there are moments where i'm like it's very like obvious uh, you can always tell it's cgi but like it's like it's not like the modern cgi that looks unreal you know, it's that older CGI that's, it's almost uncanny. You know what I mean? It is, yeah. But it's good. Yeah. But it's kind of on that border since we know CGI is being basically lifelike now. So that's that's all I want right. to say. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was just going to mention, you know, the scene in the beginning when Gandalf is fighting the Balrog and they cut to that big wide shot after they fall through that tunnel and they both just mm-hmm. plummet into the big, you know, pit of water. Mm. amazing stuff and then you know Frodo wakes up Gandalf (laughs) which it's weird because they're almost implying that Frodo dreamed that but he didn't I mean there's no way he did you know but it's okay Frodo just has charms of Gandalf yeah so Jack I think you hit on another amazing point we kind of talked about just the opening kind of the differences between uh, Fellowship and Two Towers but of course yeah the big I mean a big big part of this movie is Andy Serkis's Gollum. And I mean... Oh, yeah. I've got to say, I do think... Yeah, you can tell now if you watch Gollum. If you, like, are eagle-eyed watching Gollum, there are a couple of moments where you're like, he's not really touching it, or he doesn't seem that connected with the ground. But that being said, man... Man, it... It kind of blows my mind that they're able to pull Gollum off so well. Like, he still yeah. holds up and i mean like even the scene where he's arguing with himself like smeagol and Gollum are like having mm-hmm. like a confrontation it's amazing that they were they felt confident enough in him to be like no he can take center stage like we don't need a yeah. real actor and this was and, 2002 uh, right and it's yeah it's so kind it's, of incredible it's kind of, yeah exactly i was watching you know a couple i watch a lot of like cgi artists react and stuff on youtube i find this stuff really interesting and they talked about Gollum before, and I think an interesting point they brought up is that they don't they made a really smart decision where they didn't try to make Gollum super lifelike. You know, they gave him the big eyes, the really wiry frame. And so he mm-hmm. gets shunted, for me at least, shunted a little bit away from the uncanny valley and kind of into the more cartoony character. And because of that, he seems more realistic because he's yeah, not trying weird. to mm-hmm. mimic being real life like you know what i mean but like he's very close yeah if he looked like real. a hobbit then it'd be weird i mean at least it doesn't look like the freaking version that's in the cartoon versions of, the, of these movies that one's freaky remember that scene where he's like throwing the boulder at them 
I think it's in oh, the. It's so good. I need. We need to watch those. That we can do those. All those movies in like one podcast sometime. Those freaking the greatest adventure is what <laughs> lies ahead. Yeah, you know we can start <laughs> off with that song. That's 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 sort of great. No, yeah, but I mean, so I just I, it's incredible like how this movie. I mean, overall, visually, really holds up still to this day. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's the reason these movies are so well regarded is that when they came out, it's kind of unreal how good they looked. Uh, and of course, like it's not perfect. I'm sure people can nitpick at some of the scenes, but those shots, those wide shots of Rohan and all that kind of stuff, they had to film that on mm. a helicopter. They didn't have the drones people use nowadays. You know what I mean? And I know mm-hmm. they're not the first, uh, you know, production company to like use those you know, like a helicopter or whatever, but it's just kind of crazy to think that, you know, how much has changed and yet these still hold up like, you know, like a Game of Thrones episode. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree, especially when you get the really amazing shots of Rohan and then you have Howard Shore's music coming in. I mean, Rohan's music, it like <laughs> really speaks to my soul in a way that, Mm-hmm. I like don't I don't quite understand do. you know there's something very deep and stirring about Rohan's music and I mean especially continuing that of course we're not talking about Return of the King but especially continuing to Return of the King and their charge you know in Pelennor Fields oh my gosh like that that moment is I think amazing do you want me to tell you but yeah I think we'll, no, we'll get to it we'll get to, we'll get to it's a scene later on in the movie don't worry about it yeah you know so I think, first of all, Two Towers also creates, and as a movie, it has a really big job of having to fill out the world more. Because I think the Fellowship spends a lot of time in the Shire, so you really know the Hobbits, which is really smart. And in this, they spend a lot of time in Rohan and, you know, Helm's Deep and getting to know, like, the the people of Rohan as well. And I think it's really smart that they do that because each movie kind of focuses, like, oh, the Shire... And then you got Rohan, and then you got Gondor. You know what I mean? They kind of split the focus of each area. Yeah. But then you still have these outside things. Like you still have, and what I love about the extended editions is they still hint at stuff with Gondor, with Faramir and Boromir. If you watch the extended edition, where Boromir has that great moment later on as a flashback with Faramir. Mm-hmm. So Jack, if you watch the extended editions, it's the part where he's like up on the wall and he's like for Gondor, and he comes down and they're like drinking, and then Denethor comes in and he's like, "Oh man, I would send you, Faramir, if you were but more than slime upon my boot." I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's kind of what he implies, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's Two Towers again does a really great job of just expanding everything and then keeping everything very focused on the characters, so you're never quite lost. Even if you don't know quite what's going on, I think the characters, again, pull you through the world. Mm-hmm. And then for people like me who have read the books or people who have watched the movies multiple times, you kind of get rewarded on repeat viewings for being like, oh, man, the you know the whole hall, the golden hall of Rohan is amazing. And, you know, oh, man, they kind of blend together you know, uh, Saruman's voice with Theoden's voice, you know, when he's being, Gandalf is trying to purge him. So, like, there's a bunch of small details that they do kind of include in to flesh out that world building. 
But as we kind of did with the last one, and Jack, we can, of course, work in other conversations with these characters, but we'll just go through the characters. So you got, again, everybody's the same cast. So some of these characters I don't feel like we'll have a lot to say about, but you got Frodo. Uh, in my mind, this is the worst movie for Frodo. I mean, I think Return of the King is, you know, one of the worst movies, but this movie is really when Frodo starts to lose his humanity. And yeah, and it's I really think that's prominent. really shown. Yeah, it's really shown through his interactions with Sam and Gollum. Like, there's that moment where, you know, Sam basically says, oh, Gollum can't be saved. And Frodo's like, well, what do you know, man? And it's like, well, and Sam doesn't quite understand why Frodo's so mad. It's like, well, Frodo has the ring. And he's looking at Gollum right now. And he's like, oh, shit, dude. Like, if I keep the ring, that's what's going to happen to me. And that would be horrifying. And especially as, you know, Gollum actually seems to kind of befriend Frodo. Like, it's it gets a little, like, you start to see how, like, I don't know, poisoning the ring is, which I think is really good. The ring comes Definitely. across as really evil in this movie. So, Jack, what about, what do you think about Frodo? We'll kind of include, like, maybe the whole group. Maybe that would be a little bit easier. Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, their whole storyline through this movie. So, I, I love Sam's role in this movie. I mean... Sam's role in all the movies is so good, but he's kind of like yeah, the one who I keeps agree. Frodo grounded as best he can. And there's that scene where, you know, Sam's like, Frodo, like, it's not a good idea. We shouldn't trust him. And then Frodo's like, but we're going to. And he's like, what the yeah. heck, dude? Like, how are you picking him over, like, you know, over me? And, but yet at the same time, he never like falters by Frodo's side. And there's that scene where Frodo's about to give, you know, the ring to the Nazgul and Sam, like, tackles him down the stairs yeah. you know and then gives that great speech mm, right at the end in that you know um yeah uh what, what's his name is it faramir faramir yeah faramir he like hears yeah. like frodo like uh, he hears sam talking and then it's like yeah you know I, I gotta let you guys go like you have this quest you have to do you know and it's yeah it's just so good and then of course you have the ending where Gollum and smeagol mm. are fighting each other you know, internally, and it's like, yeah. oh, we're gonna take him to, we're taking it to her. Get you know, her. it's to her. Yeah. So the whole group, I think, <laughs> they play really well off each other, and yeah, Frodo just is not doing good. Sam's doing the best to hold it together, but there's that great scene where, yeah, those mercenaries are like marching into the gates of Mordor. Yeah, and you know, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> In the movie, it's funny. He's like on the rock and then just disappears. <laughs> Falls out. Yeah. And then Frodo's like cover yeah, him up with that, that scene, elf cloak. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, a, that's a good scene. That scene is really good. I love how I was telling Kate this. Like, so what? They were just planning to cross that big open space and run through the gate. I mean, the orc guy on the wall would like look down and be like, what the heck is that? what are those two things running towards the gate and blow his horn? Like they would have mm. gotten caught like, and it, it really is like, even though, you know, Smeagol and Gollum, like he totally leads them astray and leads them into Shelob later and Carathungle, like he does get them to Mordor. I mean, yeah, I mean, he knows the pathways. I'll, he knows the secret ways. And I'll be honest. Like, does he, is he initially when he says there's a secret path with stairs and a tunnel is he talking about the path to Shelob there, or is he talking about something else? Yeah, I wonder no. if he's talking about yeah, that. He's w- talking about was he talking about that without the intention of them dying until later in the movie, 
after Frodo betrays him, basically. <sighs> you know, it's yeah. So it he kind of like goes through a big U shape in terms of character progression, yeah. where he almost is saved by Frodo and Sam. He's crushed. He has a big conversation with himself, where you know Spiegel's like, "Leave and never come back," you know. And he kind of wins over Gollum there. But then they're captured by the rangers of Gondor and Faramir. And, you know, of course, Faramir and his rangers beat the crap out of Gollum. They're, like, punching him and stuff. And, you know, it. so... And then Gollum, of course, feels betrayed by that. Because they... Frodo has a part where he's like, come on, trust master. And then they you know, yeah, put the bag so over sad. his head when he has a little fish in his mouth. It's, and he looks like a little dog. It's so sad. <laughs> Yeah. And like, you know, so there's a lot of really great moments like that. I think what I love the most about Frodo and Sam's storyline in this is that you get to see more of the world of men and how there are evil men who are joining the war, you know, on Mordor's side. And then you have people like Faramir. I mean, um, Boromir's younger brother. And he, Faramir is faced with the exact same temptation that Boromir is to take mm-hmm. the ring and even though it is different in the book and I actually prefer Faramir's character in the book I do think the movie does a good job of making Faramir different when he does let Frodo go like he is tempted by the same power and maybe even a more dire circumstance when they're back at Askeliath mm-hmm. and uh he still lets Frodo go which is I think a really like, great he, moment he and shows his... that is like coming back yeah. to the city or whatever, you know. You know, and I think it shows that while men can be good and bad and on both sides, there is like a core and a soul to men that is really strong and is just needs almost like men need to be led. And there are people like Faramir who are the perfect, you know, leaders of men, and people like Aragorn who are the perfect leaders of men. And I think this movie really does a lot to redeem man's role in the world because yeah, definitely. really in fellowship you got Elrond being like freaking men are going to burn yeah, the world the you got Boromir trying to steal the ring and, yeah you know when you first go to Bree and all there's all the men drinking and you know it's all really like overwhelming like you're like golly humans seem kind of like garbage but this movie i think shows you that no there are men and there are men who are worthy to kind of take over the stewardship of the world going forward, which that's kind of a big theme, which is completed in Return of the King, which is really good. But the conflict is really shown here with Frodo's side, which I think is really cool. Jack, hmm. anything else on the side? I mean, Gah, Gollum's little combat fight in the beginning with them when he's crawling oh, yeah, on the wall and he's they, like Thieves. and they pull him down and he's like <laughs> flailing around and everything and it's just like you know yeah it's oh you gotta think about how bad Gollum stinks but it's just kind of funny how he's like flailing around you bite sam at one point yeah. you're just like oh that's my favorite part when sam picks him up and he's like yeah it's like a wrestling move it's really good <laughs> and Gollum spins around and like <laughs> Tackles him down and, and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, Frodo puts his sword at his, at his neck and he's like, this is yeah. yeah, 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 it's really good. And he's just screaming and about the rope and how it burns them. And yeah, yeah, really, uh, I think not my favorite part, 
like their storyline isn't my favorite part of the movie. Um, but it being intertwined with everything else, I think it's a really solid. Definitely. And line Andy Serkis did a, an amazing job as Golem because in case any, oh I'm sure God, there's so I'm many sure things all mention. the viewers know, but Andy Serkis only did the voice, but also did all the motion capture for Golem slash Smeagol. Uh, so, you know, most scenes are basically just, it is him, but you know, they had to do the over the, the yeah. graphics over him. And so there's that scene where he's trying to catch the fish in that like little string oh, in that stream. In yeah, like, he actually like, yeah. was doing that. And so it's just kind of cool when you watch the behind the scenes as much as we did, because our mom would always turn it on <laughs> whenever she was cleaning or whatever. And so we'd, yeah, I'd sit down, yeah. oh, what's this? You know, it's like he had went to workshop. We, uh, you know, wanted to build the sets and, you know. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah, I... God, I mean, Andy Circus, like, he... I can't imagine how sore he must have been after doing some of this stuff, because he basically had to do it twice. One where he was, like, on set with, you know, Elijah Wood and Sean Astin, and then another time so they could actually, like, add in Gollum digitally. Mm-hmm. He had to do it by himself, basically. And it it's kind of wild, like, and that physicality really comes through which i think sells Gollum. i mean exactly there's parts where he's like grasping at like frodo's cloak and you see like the folds and you're like oh my gosh or like when he's splashing in the pond like it makes it seem like he's really there and it's really good like i it's kind of incredible especially given how old this movie is and given like what we see nowadays it's yeah like maybe Gollum doesn't hold up as far as like being technically detailed but like oh my gosh like he's there, you know. It's kind of like Kate and I, as we said, watched through all the Toy Story movies, as I said last week, and uh, we were watching the first one. And even in the first Toy Story movie, which is really old at this point, you can see that they really wanted to detail their world, but they just didn't quite have the technology. Like there's scuffs on like the molding. Mm-hmm. Like when you see little toy soldiers, they have that little plastic piece there. You can see where they were pressed. You know what I mean? And it, and as they go further, they're able to realize that detail. And so it's, I think, the vision of this movie and the people who are, like, in charge of, like, making this feel realize that, like, they they caught lightning in a bottle here. I mean, I think it's kind of obvious even when you look at, like, The Hobbit, how they weren't able to quite get it again. Exactly. So they got something really special here. Yeah. Jack. Yes, sir. Aragorn? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were- you got Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, yeah. who pick up the movie right where Fellowship leave off, and they're running to chase after Merry and Pippin. Gotta say, I think this is the best part of the movie. I not like this specific part, but their whole section. Well, yeah, because they um, they kind of basically help you know the entire like people of Rohan to like you know if they weren't there. Especially if Gandalf wasn't there too, but like then people of Rohan would be gone. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, obviously they they play a huge role in this. But yeah, the whole scene they're running, Gan not Gandalf, sorry, Gimli and Legolas. This is where they start quipping a lot, you know, and they have the scenes where it's like, oh, yeah. I want two, and Legolas is like, I want seventeen. You know, <laughs> that's when they're on the that they're, right. they're actually at Helm's Deep. But in the beginning, like they're sprinting, and Gimli's like, oh, dwarves are famous for their, you know athleticism and they're sprinting, sprinting and you're like what are you just, just keep you know and they're just running for days and days <laughs> breathe Whew. yeah you know and it's i love oh that, that part is i so love good. seeing the, the music scenes. Oh, and everything the scenes when 
the really wide shots. Aragorn's like doing his, his tracking stuff is really good. Um, yeah. And of course, you have the iconic part where he kicks the helmet. And then if you don't know this, um, he kicks mm-hmm. the helmet and he broke two of his toes when he kicked the helmet. But he didn't tell anyone for like the rest yeah. of the day because he wanted to keep shooting. So uh, he that's how that part, of, it's parts always sold super well because it's, you know, he broke his toes. Uh, and I don't know. You have the part where they meet, you know, the white wizard, Gandalf. Um, but they don't think it's Gandalf at first, you mm. know, because they're in Fangorn. Mm. Not, is it Fangorn Forest? Fangorn yes. Forest, yeah. I was like, is that a, a different forest? And I was like, no, this is Fangorn. I remember it from the Two Towers game. We played that a lot, didn't we? No, and so... We did. Two Towers game I mean, great. They're just so, jump, I'm jumping around the whole movie here. But the scene I was going to mention was when... He's talking to Theoden. He was like, why don't you ride out? Like, ride out for your people, mm-hmm. like, you know, as king. And Theoden's like, you know, this is, again, you see Aragorn kind of being a catalyst for the redemption of man, you know, inspiring Theoden to be like, yeah. yes, like, we'll ride out. And Gimli goes and sounds the horn, and they rush out. And just the music mm-hmm. is going, and I was like, God, like, it's just powerful. It's just good. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's really, it it's is powerful, really yeah. good. And then, you know, you have Gandalf yeah. come down. And Aomir, and it's oh, it all is just so good. So, yeah, I I totally agree. I like this this storyline and this through line through the movie. I think it's the heart of this movie. Whether as very much you have the Hobbits as the heart of the first movie. I mean, you know, you have totally like Theoden's redemption and his you know being saved from Saruman's spell and Worm Tongue, and you see how bad it is. But man, like going back to the beginning of the movie, yeah, those running scenes are great. And Howard Shore, man, like he he was like going hard. I mean, the music in some of these scenes is just amazing, you know. And then how good it is when you get that cut to all of the Urukai and they're carrying Mary and Pippin, and it's dun 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 dun. And I, dun. I was telling Kate, I was like, I was like, Jack and I are gonna have so much fun because this movie has so many good orc moments and orc oh, so moments. Does. Like, and, you know, I do think this is part of those movies that, like, some people will totally bounce off of. Like, the orcs have a weird sense of humor that doesn't quite fit into the world, but, like, they're still yeah, but like, good. they're orcs, so and I it love, doesn't matter if it fits into the regular you know, norms. <laughs> they, give him the, they give him the grog, they give Mary the grog, where Pippa's like, he needs something to drink. And it's just... <laughs> they pour that gross stuff... <laughs> <laughs> I was just pretending. <laughs> it's like, no, you weren't. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, there's that. And then Pippin, of course, you know, grabs a little brooch, spits mm-hmm. it off, and then Aragorn finds it, and he's like, "Not idly do the leaves of Lorien fall." <laughs> and you're like, "That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's like, the Lord of the Rings." I love. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when the orcs camp, and what about them? God, I they love it so much. They're fresh. <laughs> These are not for eating. What about the legs? They don't need the legs. What about the legs? They don't need those. <laughs> oh, they look tasty. <laughs> and then he cuts off the guy's head, and he says, "It meets back on the menu." Yeah, then- and I've seen some articles recently where they were like, "We don't know why we said that because like don't they don't really have menus in Thor <laughs> of the Rings?" But like I love that line, and the head rolls off Pippin's shoulder, and then 
It just cuts to them like throwing intestines and body parts, and you're like, "What is happening?" Yeah, like, well, Urukai just <laughs> like, you know eat. I guess they Urukai just eat the orcs that accompany them. I guess or, so. And you're like, yeah. "Okay, we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days." <laughs> it's it, really good. Yeah, I uh, I love I love the orcs in this movie. I like I love how they give them just a little bit of character, and they're just I, awful. Yeah, like they just don't. The scene where they're opening the gates. Ugh. Oh, where they're about to, and there's it shows that scene where the orcs kind of like walking up along the, you know, the top of the gate, and there's two of them like having a conversation, and like they're sitting there like nodding their heads and mm-hmm. talking. I'm like, what are they talking about? I was like, why are they I having know, this, right? like, seemingly a normal <laughs> like, conversation? Like, so, like, how was your day today? Well, you know, like I woke up and had to get ready for work, and yeah, you know, I think it's just funny, kind of, you know, just. Kind of thinking that it was, would just be funny. You know, hey, Jim, how you doing? Oh. You know what it reminds me of in the moment now that I'm mm. thinking about it? Did not make this connection while I was watching it, but it reminds me a lot of how they treat the stormtroopers in the original Star Wars yeah. trilogy. How you have some of the stormtroopers are kind of goofballs. Like, I mean, you have the very famous one where the guy stormtrooper <laughs> knocks his helmet against the sliding yeah. door. But yeah, even like in, you know... A new hope when they're persuading them and then, you know, the droids are not your way. Move on. Carry on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they do that a lot where they make the stormtroopers kind of just like... Well, they also balls. lose to Ewoks. So, I mean, <laughs> you're kind of yeah, like, oh, well, whatever. But, yeah, this... I think this section in particular, I mean, you mentioned it. So, eventually, you know, Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas, they see Aomir riding out with his Rohirrim and he's... Aragorn has a great lies. What news from the mock? And then all the horses oh, come around. Dude. I love this part too because Gimli is like just antagonizing the absolute crap out of Aomir. He's like, tell me your name, bastard. I'll tell you mine. <laughs> and then Aomir's like, cut off your head if it was still a little further <laughs> from the ground. And Legolas is like, you die before your stroke fell. And then Gimli, I was cracking up at this. He gives his face like, well, what did I say? I didn't do anything wrong, and I'm like, dude, you could have, like, you could have just gotten yourself killed. Like, yeah, it's it's. It reminds me very much of when you have really good D and D campaigns, yeah. and you have like a player who does something crazy, and they don't really it's quite very, realize that they've done Henry something moment. crazy, and you're, everybody else is like, yeah, you're like, oh my god, it, what? That's funny, but yeah, uh, how god. there's that scene where Gimli's like looking, yeah, toss me. <laughs> everyone's like toss me yeah what he's like you're gonna have to toss me i can't jump <laughs> he's like don't tell the elf and you're like yeah so like there's always like there's this weird <laughs> humor that's kept around um but i think it's done mm-hmm. very well it's very like endearing it's not like oh come on it's kind of you know it's yeah it's very much band of brothers humor how band of brothers how they have like, a bunch of these guys who are over that, going yeah. through a horrible situation yeah, but like you know how they'll be joking with each other and cracking jokes when they're getting shot at, and like it doesn't take away from the threat of danger, but it does give you a moment to like catch yeah. your breath, which I think this movie does really well because Helm's Deep Battle is really long. I mean, it's like the last third of the movie. Anyways, we're jumping ahead a little bit. I, you know, I you also get Treebeard here. He saves him from the. He saves Mary and Pippin from the orc. Oh, who's yeah, still he just chasing them. <laughs> have to mention, have to mention, 
that orc gets a super stealth moment where they're both up in the tree and they don't see him. And before this orc is going through the forest and he's like <sighs> clinking, ching, 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 ching. and then all of a sudden total silence and he grabs Mary's foot. <laughs> and Pippin has a great moment where he's like Mary, and then <laughs> Treebeard wakes up and he goes, oh, <laughs> falls back. <laughs> it's just good, yeah. Uh, Treebeard, fantastic. One of the things that I think the extended edition does really well is they give Treebeard a lot more songs and like poems that he's reciting. And Treebeard is great. I the int stuff in this is so cool. And the idea of like the forest waking oh, yeah. up. Or even in that really funny moment where they're drinking like the int water or whatever it is. And then the tree grabs him. And like <laughs> that tree is like gonna kill him. And then Treebeard comes in and he's like, Oh, you know. Drink deep, you know, go back to sleep. Which is a line, actually, that Tom Bombadil says. Yeah, voiced by book. John Reese davis the so, actor of Gimli. That's, yeah, by Treebeard. Again, yeah. And he does the really good, like, where he talks on his inhalations. He mentions mm-hmm. that in the special editions. Or the special, like, special features where he's like, <gasps> Treebeard. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, Treebeard's done very well. Really cool. And I I do like how the scenes where Mary and Pippin are like riding Treebeard, like they actually made a little like animatronic, you know, like Treebeard's like half actual animatronic. And then there's also that CGI, which the CGI, like it looks, yeah. looks great for the time it came out. It's kind of unreal how good it looks. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. but I like about this movie a lot is that there's so much practical effects that it blends so well, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean like the, the entire Fangorn forest set yeah. is inside. Like that's it's, a set they made. I and love it's incredible. the scene with Treebeard. Um, you know, Mary Pippin are just kind of chilling. He's like, "So, like, what's 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 the news?" And Treebeard's like, "We have decided just, that you, <laughs> we've we've decided to agree upon that you are not orcs." And <laughs> Pippin's like, "Yeah, well, that's good." And Mary's like, "What else?" <laughs> What Mary's else? Like, what? <laughs> and he's like, anything to yeah, say because, in Oldentish takes a long yeah. time to say. So anything worth taking a long time to say, you know, it's he has that whole like really good line yeah. that I just butchered, but it's yeah, no, yeah, and that, that also has a good part where he's like, we've just finished saying good morning, <laughs> and Mary goes, but it's <laughs> night already. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, but yeah, I got this. This section of the movie, the middle section, I think is really good. I mean, you have the savior of Theoden, played by Bernard Hill, which, God, Theoden is great. I really like Theoden. I like that he's kind of shaken by his previous loss. But then, like you said, at the end, Aragorn inspires him to ride out. Because if you remember, Aragorn actually suggests that before. Like, when they're still in Rohan, you know, I think it's either Aragorn or Gandalf where he, they're like, you should ride out and meet him. And he's like, I'm not going to lead my people to more death. Like, sorry, yeah, I mean, I'm not going there's to. a really good like, scene. I mean, it's go ahead. And you, yeah, it, you just, you get that Theoden is carrying this weight around and he, I think acts it so well. I mean, his son dies and it, you don't even know Theoden or really even know his son. But it's like oh, really tragic, yeah, that, and that it scene, just hits you. Tear you know what I mean? Where he's like, you know, a parent should never outli- have to yeah. outlive their child, and you're just like, oh gosh, like, you know. And Gandalf is just, just staying there, like watching, and you're like, Gandalf, like, some emotion mm-hmm. here, buddy. A little tat, you know, a little clap on the back or something. But you well, know, at the same time, it's like, you know, 
Oh, and I think it actually, is more powerful in the way that he just kind of okay. doesn't do anything, you know, because Theoden's kind of left to yeah. grieve and like all this happened while he was under control of Saruman. And so it's the whole yeah. scene where he's being freed from Saruman and then he like slowly like changes back into oh. like actual Theoden is yeah, so that seems amazing. Good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So like the, the whole fingers would remember better if you oh, grasped your gosh. sword draws a sword oh the music's gosh. playing bum, 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 and you're like oh my what like what this music like this movie has like a resonance to it that the books get really well and i mean like of course the books have been everywhere i mean but man the movies i think capture that Definitely. resonance really well so yeah i God. yeah there's so many good moments especially in this part i mean we're not gonna be able to cover every single thing that happens obviously but yeah you know i think what sticks out the most for me is not the extended battle parts but they build in so much of the world through these movies i mean you got the moment and i think what let's talk about here a moment that i think falls a little short for me in general and this is nothing against Liv Tyler playing Arwen or even Hugo Weaving playing Elrond. But the scenes between Aragorn and Arwen, I, I'm not into it. I don't really like the very, I don't know, classical romance that they have. It's not that I think it's pointless or it doesn't have a place. But for me, that is goes, I'm like, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not a love story that I'm like invested in. I'm way more invested in Ar- if Aragorn's become, you know, going to become king again. And so those scenes where they kind of set up and they do it a little bit, and I don't know how intentional it was, but they set up a little bit of a love triangle between uh, Arwen, Eowyn, and Aragorn. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like where there's a li- they kind of yeah, hit but nothing ever a little bit. It, I think. I think what they're more. Yeah, and Jack. You can tell me if I'm wrong here. I think they're more hinting at the fact that Aragorn is grappling with both sides of himself. He's grappling with the very human mm-hmm. side of himself. You know those moments where he has to admit how old he is, where he's 87. Yeah, which is the which is he the doesn't look it, version. you know. Yeah, you know. So like, there's a lot of moments like that to where I think that's what they're trying to show, but it comes across yeah. like a little bit as like they're trying to set up. As Kate called it, not really love triangle, but like a love tripod. Because <laughs> Aragorn obviously just likes Arwen. Yeah, just so I definitely Arwen. do think. You know, what I mean, like it's he more kind of show that he's Arwen. grappling with. You know, his not immortality, but his longer life. And he's like, I'm already 87, so I'm not going to live like that much longer than someone who's like in their 30s or whatever. You know, but you know, he's kind of like, you know, do I basically hold on to this love I have? You know, and that I told her, like, hey, like, we can't, you know, we shouldn't do this anymore, basically. Or do I embrace yeah. my mortal side and try to live more or less like a, have like some kind of normalcy in my life? You know what I mean? But I think that's what they're kind of more trying to show rather than like a love triangle. But it does come off as a love triangle. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So, you know, that also takes place in the center of the movie. And now, Jack, I mean, at this point, we, we've been going for about 50 minutes here, and we still have a lot of different scenes to talk about. 
um, we've kind of been, you know, jumping all over the place, but God, I mean, we've have the, the <sighs> warg battle scene, which, you know, I like the warg battle scene. I do think the more I watch the movie, the warg scene goes on a little too long. You know what I mean? Like it really feels like, and I was telling Kate this, that they have a lot of the moments between Aragorn, or Aragorn, Aragorn and uh, Arwen. And then they're like, okay, but we need to give the boys some action now. And then, you know, it's the wargs show up. Of course, this is when they start treating Legolas more and more like some kind of weird superhero. Where he does that goofy, stupid thing where he like flips up onto the horse oh, in the yeah. weirdest way it possible. And it doesn't it look good. It's where my biggest complaint in the movie. <laughs> it's funny because like they have like. The really amazing part where he's standing on top of the hill oh, and that, he's like nailing the wargs, so and it's really good. Like he's just like rolling twenties. You know, it's, you hear the arrows whistle, and you're like, "Oh, it's so cool!" And then he and goes grabs up the horse in front of the <laughs> horse, and <laughs> just like, it's it's it is weird. It is weird, but you know, the work scene's good. Yeah. But there are too many scenes um, of the work. I do going love into when the camera to yeah. eat people. You know, the work is like ah, yeah. I love when they. I think my favorite moment of that war battle scene is when they clash and the music cuts just cuts to silence. And oh, it's yeah, just it's just brutal. The mm-hmm. chaos of battle for a moment. And I love, I mean, it really seems like the wargs would completely overpower horses. Like, because they're like horse sized and they're way more like mobile and like, maybe not mobile, but like agile. Yeah. Compared there, to that, horse, I do like there are scenes I mean? like, where it shows. They would be horrifying. Yeah, but I will say, I like, like that. I like in this movie how. The characters that are important, like the other Rohan soldiers, you know, they're they actually are not incompetent though. Unlike stormtroopers, like they're you see a guy like thum, thum, mm-hmm. gets like two of the war riders, and then a war comes and, like eats them, you know, or like this guy's a like, king, king. Like they're actually like fighting and stuff. Yeah. They're not just kind of like ah, we're, we fall like flies. You know what I mean? Um, and so I like how you do see that like, they're mm-hmm. you've you have capable fighters, but they're just going up against wargs, which are like a horrifying force you know what i mean so yeah and of course you know gimli gets dog <laughs> the by goblin the or the orc comes up and he just snaps his neck and you're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and then he like smells him <laughs> he's like oh yeah you have the whole good scene with aragorn um stabs like uh orc and then gets dragged off because i guess yeah. his arm gets caught and then off the edge and the orc's like laughing yeah. <laughs> It's like dies, you know, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, it's a, uh, there are lots of good parts. Yeah. Happen for sure. In the work scenes. Yeah. You know, and then Theoden has a really good moment where he's like, we leave the dead and Legolas looks at him like, dude, but Aragorn just went off a cliff and Theoden's like, dude, I, I have more people to worry about than Aragorn. Again, I think another really good moment where Theoden is very much considering the overall good and not it's what very he king wants move, to do. I think because you can tell, yeah, you can tell he wants to fight back. He wants to, you know, lay ruin, <laughs> or as Gandalf says when he defeats the Balrog, <laughs> and I smoke his ruin upon the mountainside. And you're like, oh, so you didn't just kill him? You <laughs> smote his ruin upon the mountains. <laughs> but you know, what I mean, you get that impression that like Theoden does want to like lay waste to his enemies, and he wants to ride out, but he there's knows there's so much at stake. Yeah, there's so much at stake. He's like, I can't be the one responsible for yeah, and all these innocents 
you know these innocent people dying and so i think yeah. it shows like i, th- I think yeah. it he shows the the good and bad of being a king very well in this movie you know and how overwhelming it is yeah. to just make choices like that because you know the cinema he's like i mm-hmm. want i think you can see in that scene right there he's like and legolas understands like he doesn't want to leave aragorn but he's like i we we can't I can't mm-hmm. afford to not keep moving. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. Yeah. And it's all wordless. And I, I have to say, like, they kill it. Like, like I said, I really think that this trilogy of movies is lightning at a bottle. Because, you know, Orlando Bloom, I like him a lot, actually. Like, I love him in Pirates of the Caribbean. But I don't think he's, like, an amazing actor. But there are several moments in this movie where he just sells the oh, scene sure. by a look. Or... You know, when he's in Helm's Deep, when he's talking to Aragorn and he's like, these people are going to die. And Aragorn's like, well, I will die as one of them. And he's kind of like, oh, like I, I treaded on something that I didn't know was yeah. the problem. You know what I mean? And so like, yeah, like every actor in this movie really sells their part really well. I mean, you got Saruman here who's kind of on the losing oh, leg now. Oh and my. You can see it, how he's a little Dude, bit more beat up. Saruman a little bit more. Is, it's so good when the ends, when they like fight back after Treebeard like sees it all in mm. the forest and he's like, yeah, I've known these trees since they were like nuts and acorns, you know? And yeah, he fights back with that really yeah. cool and like scary, like, like, cry you know and all the other ants start coming out and just mm-hmm. the whole scene of the ants are like swinging like around like throwing rocks and, and they break the dam open mm-hmm. and Saruman is just like <gasps> you know like looking around yeah exactly yeah he's like what in the world is yeah. like there's that the line with Treebeard's like yeah it's, a wizard uh, should know yeah. better and so it's kind of one of those things it's almost like an unspoken law like yes. an unspoken yeah. law that wizards have like with the world you know what I mean and so it's it's a really mm-hmm. yeah that whole scene is so cool with the ends it's one of, probably one of the coolest parts of the movie it is cool because you get to see that Saruman is very mm-hmm. short-sighted and who you know him is the life that he's chosen you know and like Treebeard says and I think that's really well put Jack like a wizard should know better. And then you see that in Gandalf as Gandalf takes over the mantle of yeah. the white wizard, you know, because you have to remember too, that Gandalf, he did die and he was brought back. Like him killing the Balrog as Gandalf the gray was the last act of Gandalf the gray. And he was brought back by, you know, the powers that be because he still had stuff to do and the world needed a guide as it kind of transitioned out of this. And I think that, there's like a really deep like line that runs through as far as like stewards and guides and kings of the world and very many like different um, mm-hmm. qualities or lenses. And you see yeah, that with well, a lot of the He says a great line where he's really like, good. I was taken but, through like, like essentially yeah. like space and time into another world, you know, only to be brought back mm-hmm. because my task isn't finished yet. And you're like, what is this other force that is here that he just mentioned in like a in passing you know what i mean and yeah it's yeah that's something that if that aspect of the movies really compels you as a viewer i highly recommend reading lord of the rings because you get a much more there's a much larger sense sure. of that 
And I think, you know, anyways. But Jack, I think we're kind of dancing around, like, of course, the epic battle scene at the end at Helm's Deep. You know, we talked about the ends, and I love the part, you know, release the river. That's a great, great part. Great, like, you know, practical moment where they, like, pull apart the dam, the whole thing floods. Even the oh, ant that's yeah. on fire gets to douse his head. Yeah, which is like, cool. like yeah. oh, yay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But I think we go, we have to, the last thing we're going to kind of cover yes. here is Helm's Deep and man. Helm's Deep is an amazing battle scene. I, especially after watching, like, the finale of Game of Thrones and you have the siege on Winterfell, which is very parallel to this in terms of, like, what they're trying to do. And I believe the siege on Winterfell was a longer night shoot than Helm's Deep. But Helm's Deep, still better. You know the rain was done with fire fire trucks, I think? I love... Oh, God. And... Just the whole moment leading up to that is just great. I mean, Dude, you have the I, whole I army say, come up and they're I just want to say before chanting, that, though, I mean, you have like, yeah. you know, it's like you have three, four hundred men. And then out of nowhere, like this guy's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, open the gates, open the gates. And like these elves come in and you see how cool the elves are. And how dear is yeah. like long ago, like, you know, elves and men. You know, we fight alongside. We've been seen here from, by Elrond because yeah. Elrond, you might not know. Or you might not remember, but he's got some great eyebrow action when he's talking to Galadriel, like telepathically. And he's like, you know, like yeah, looking like all like serious and like, like crazy yeah. almost. And so it's just kind of cool that they finally come back together yeah. and just having those elves alongside all the people is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And Legolas is totally mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, yeah, my boys, my boys are here. <laughs> And it, I mean, it's like everything leading up to the battle is great because there's even the moment where Gimli's like, I can't see what's happening. And Legolas is like, you want or, me to get you a box? You want me to get you a box and or Gimli describe just starts it cracking you. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shall I describe it to you? Yeah. That's uh, and I mean, even with the first that old man archer who fires yeah, that like, first shot like, and look, nails he, one. I mean, he's like, just an old guy, but you know. <laughs> That's a great oh, shot. I like oh. how the okay goes <laughs> and falls four, and the arrow goes like farther through. And everybody, all the other Urukai are like, "You're like, uh oh." Yeah, it's kind of daunting. When the Urukai start like you know pounding the ground and their chants, and then it shows a scene of all the women and children in the caves, and they can yeah. hear it. You know, the it's kids and yeah, very ominous. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the assault begins, and it just, it's great. I, I still have flashbacks to the Two Towers game when the Berserker guys oh come across at the top of the ladders. I don't know if you have flashbacks about that, but every time I see that scene and those Berserkers are, like, taking down all the guys, I just remember, oh, yeah. like, God, those guys were yeah, hard. There's that scene where. Game. Like, <laughs> and I wonder if yeah, I were to play it now how hard it would be. Jumps you know what I mean? The but uh, top of the ladder. They were hard. And Aragorn, like, ducks it and stabs me, you know, and all that kind of stuff for, yeah. you know. Yeah, there's so, oh, but yeah. also there's one that jumps off and just does this boom, 180 move and gets like four guys and you're like, oh my God, it's, it's horrible. But like, yeah, yeah the whole, yeah, I the love ladders are going up and the siege yeah. of Helm's Deep is, it's great. It's in a way so orchestrated because they don't start going for the gate until well, like well under, you know, they're underway with the assault on the walls, you know. And so they start working Breaking on the, the gates, so like they're yeah. diverting attention. But there's a oh, this such cool scene where all those guys are going up, and Aragorn's like, like 
like they're like they're going on to the to the gate to the gate you know and he's shouting in elvish and all the elves just go and they start shooting yeah. arrows i love how like robotic the yeah. elves act in the combat scenarios it's so cool yeah no i i totally agree i and like you said like the siege like even i think for like because of course they're intercutting between the stuff with the ints and the the stuff with the Osgiliath at the end with uh frodo and sam and Gollum. and so you're getting everything all at once and yeah like i love how it starts off hopeful but there's just too many and you know they blow the hole in the wall and you know aragorn well, gets there's blown a, there's off there's a good scene where gimli jumps off and all the elves, in front you know, to like save aragorn you know and like lands yeah. on top of those urukai and then gets pushed into the water and the elves shoot the arrows past yeah. aragorn and oh yeah and then you know the assault on the bridge and Theoden comes oh, yeah. to the door. And Ten he gets seconds like into the battle, he's ah, he's seven. I'm like, okay, great, Theoden, Urukai, great, and you know, breach. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, Aragorn and Gimli go around the side, and that's the great moment you mentioned earlier. Where he's like, toss me. <laughs> Aragorn gives oh, him that look. And dude, and the music. <sighs> and the music kicks in when they're. Yeah, it's uh. Uh, sorry, Jack Henry. I know you don't like it when we do the music. I'm telling but, you, uh, but the the high pitched oh versions of the songs, it's great. Well, I, you know, <laughs> the high pitched ones where it's like no, 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 no. That part just makes me tear up. Yeah. It's just so so well done. Whenever they put that in there, yeah. And I mean, God, we have to even mention before the battle. You know that Theoden is not the most hopeful because he's being armored by his squire or whoever that soldier is and he's like you know who am i captain mm-hmm. and he has a really great speech and then even at the end like you said I mentioned earlier god where everyone's like let's ride out and meet him like and they have that epic charge like gimli goes up Ooh, and it's so blows cool. the horn and it just is like resounding and the doors burst open and they come charging down that bridge and they're just charging into mm-hmm. like thousands of like enemies and they're just like and it's hopeless, and they're just doing it because, like, this is what you got to do. You got to fight for what you believe in. And then Gandalf comes in. Yeah, and then they... Spears, and all the orcs oh, kind of try to form so up, but then the God, light comes over the so hill. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... it. I don't know. It's so, like, mm-hmm. cathartic in a way. Because, like, you get to go through every emotion of, like, we're, we're doing it. We're surviving. God, they're we're pushing. Yeah. They're pushing. We're on our last leg. Let's go out with a bang. Oh, we're it's saved. like in Call of Duty you know Zombies. I mean? like, you know when, and it's just you, you yeah. know we're playing together. You get downed, and it I'm is. running from all of them. Yeah, turn around. You know, and then I come revive you. That's the horses running out, and then you know we just turn around and you know fend them all off. Like you know, that's the whole. It's an emotion everyone mm. feels at some point in their life. You know what I mean? And on not that kind of scale, but you know, just hopelessness. Like, well, you do the best you can. Hey, it actually, you know, we're okay. You know, you know what I mean? And so, but you, I mean, I just want to, mm-hmm. we forgot to mention completely how great of a character Wormtongue is in this movie. And I love how he's oh, tossed yeah. down the stairs. And when I saw yeah. that, I was like, man, I've like slipped on the stairs and it hurt. <laughs> I can imagine being thrown down stone I know. steps. Yeah. Um, I know we're getting off of Helm's Deep, but yeah. just... I just we had to mention Wormtongue. 
get out of my way. He rides off on the like, horse, <laughs> and then he's like talking to Saruman. And he's like, oh, the part. Master, where's the uh, the scene where he's like the but scene he where um, a ring. he uh, it's like no one has ten thousand people in their army, or whatever. And Saruman's like, oh, really? And they like you see his army. You know what I mean? And even when Merry and Pippin see it, it's just like oh, this yeah. black line of soldiers. You know, it's it is they make it seem mm-hmm. and they play it very well how many people you have. And then like all the people that Helm's Deep have are who's lining the walls. You know what I mean? So it's it's done very well. So of course, I mean <coughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, there's a great moment where Aragorn has the Dark Souls <laughs> door open. After he sees the army, yeah, that had to inspire. He does the, Dark Souls, right? There's no way. Opens both doors. I mean, it, it, it yeah, because you open the doors the exact same way in Dark Souls, and it's great. You also Not have the great scene really where they see that, the Oliphants, uh, and I, I appreciate that part. I was so I, I asked Laura this. I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe it's described in the books, but like all those different races of people, where are they coming from, and why are they mm-hmm. helping Saruman again? Yeah. Is it just? Is he mind controlling them or yeah? So it's them? I don't think so. I think there are just groups okay. of men who are antagonistic and evil, and they are like usually either in the south because I don't remember clearly. I do remember at the end of Return of the King and like the appendices, they do mention Aragorn making peace with the people, mm-hmm. like the Haradrim, and you know they have like the. Uh, the coast raiders or whatever they're called, the guys in the ships, like, yeah, they they do that where they hint that there's like a way bigger world outside Definitely. of the map. I love the scenes cool. that are just these see a lot wide of shots so, of the landscape, and like you see how big and how close everything is. You know what I mean? Like when they're showing the map, like here is, um, like Gondor, yeah. here's Mordor, like not even like a block away. You know what I mean? Or it's kind of crazy how close, but yeah, how far everything is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, and I, I mean, the scene, this is a great scene where uh, Frodo and Sam and Gollum are in the swamp and the Nazgul flies over on the big, you know, flying thing or whatever it's called. And it's just swooping around and screaming and Frodo's like desperately trying not to put on the ring. And it, it, it really makes Frodo and Sam's and Gollum's part feel really bleak. Like you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, like how are they supposed to, how are they supposed to do it? Like how, you know, I, yeah. And of course at the end, I mean the great scene where, you know, Frodo is basically totally taken at the end by the Nazgul and then Sam tackles them and yeah, he's like, I have to believe speech. that there's some good in the and world. And the part of Frodo is like, God, I hope they yes. tell songs about Samwise yeah. the Brave. And then Sam's like, oh, whatever. Like, you know, no one's going to say that. And then he's like, yeah, ah, Samwise the Brave, you know? And you can see Frodo like is that whole scene is so heartwarming because yeah. it's like, you know, Frodo's like, it's not just about me. Like it's about yeah. us. And it's, it's just very endearing to see Sam kind of like take that to heart, you know? And it's not just like, oh, like, haha, like, you know, yeah, sure. He's like, actually, like, that'd be pretty cool. You know what I mean? So, like, you can see, like, they're, like their bond is still mm-hmm. so strong. But it's just, you know, the ring has its moments more and more so where Frodo is just not himself. And, but he's still there. So, it's 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 yeah. played very well, I think. 
the famous scene, you can fry them up, mash them up, stick them in a stew. Yeah. Give them to them raw yeah. and so many wriggling. Raw and wriggling. <laughs> or he is weird laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, she, what else is there to even yeah. mention? Oh, it's yeah, that's great. I mean, you have what's potatoes precious, which is like it's you know that yeah it's a very powerful scene especially like he's like looking around seeing all the death and stuff you know and it's one of those moments where i wonder because elves are such like a you know a high race and so i wonder in that moment if he was thinking like you know we're not supposed to die this way or we're not supposed to die or you know he's just kind of coming to terms with like so we're not you know everlasting you know what I mean? Because. Yeah, I think I think that's very much it because, yeah, like the elves, you know, they seem and even so from top down from the point of view, I guess, of the movie, of course, the books go way more into this. But I think from the point of view movie, you know, you have the elves where they basically can choose when they die. Yeah. By leaving Middle Earth, you know, and so for them, they basically will live forever. I mean, we're talking thousands of years and that's, and when we talk about thousands of years, I mean, if a human lives for a hundred, you can say that what, maybe 70 years of that, you're actively like living. And when you get, you know, when you get to a point where you're old enough, like, yeah, you know, it's tough, but elves never experience that. So yeah, I think that's what that moment is. It's like, Oh, like mm-hmm. the elves can die. We can yeah. be defeated. There's a lot of powerful scenes. In the movie you know, like it's, that it, sure. it's really sad. They really keep, yeah. But, you know, Jack, I think that's about all I have. I mean, this movie, again, you could jump right into Return of the King, and I feel like it feels like the same yeah, movie. Where's, where's the cut? Where's it's like eight hours long. You know, like and, the Lincoln Park Thousand you know, Sons I, album, how it's all just one song. They should do that both <laughs> all the Lord of the Rings movies. Just make it all one movie. Because yeah. you could. Mm. But, yeah. You could, definitely. Yes. Jack, that's all I have for the two towers. If there's anything else you'd like to mention, you can go ahead and throw it in here. But if not, I mean, I'm I mean, sure I'll leave we've it missed to you a few things. But I know we jumped up. around, but it's just we're trying to cover the whole movie and not just like, hey, oh, yeah, a no, beat sure. by beat retelling of the movie, you know. So, guys, listeners, if you if there's anything that we didn't mention or you right. want to tell us your favorite parts of the movie or whatever, would love to hear that on some feedback. So. Try, but I mean, I'm good, man. I think I'm feeling pretty good. If you want to close us off, uh, I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Everyone, this has been the Raconteur Collection podcast yeah, hosted yeah. by two brothers, Jack and Charlie. Everything and nothing. Podcast all about time. everything and nothing all at the same time. You know, I realized, Jack, really funnily, I was listening to a uh, Green Day song, Basket Case. And he uh, says a line, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he says like everything and nothing about all at once. Everything, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really close. Anyways, that's fine. That's what our podcast is, is that song. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can follow us, Instagram, Spotify. You want to support us. You find us over on Patreon. As Jack mentioned at the top of the show, um, some exciting stuff is going to be happening on Patreon. And we plan to get you guys more involved, especially those people yes. who like love what we do. 
and are supporting us already. We want to give you a space to like hang out and a chill. So we'll be working on that. But, uh, you know, that's all we got for you guys today. That's all we got for the two towers. Of course, conversation could always continue, but for now, you know what? It's over. All good things eventually come to an end and that's why they're beautiful. Very well put. Oh, there it is. Oh, there's the music, Jack. Clumsy Titan is coming in. He's giving us and, a sound. And he's pointing the gun at us. And we we go. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> we better go. Oh my God. Goodbye. I was sneezing. Sorry. Bye, bye everybody. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>